Hi, my name is Dr. Manoj Krishna, and this podcast comes to you from the Human Wisdom Project. You can find out more at humanwisdom.me. Today we're going to take a fresh look at addiction and explore how wisdom, which comes from self-understanding, can help us avoid it and overcome it more easily. You know, we human beings are so amazing and intelligent. We can send a man to the moon and connect instantly using the internet. But why have we not been able to use our intelligence to solve this problem of addiction? Hundreds of billions of dollars have been spent in the war on drugs. And despite that, drug usage is now at the highest level it has been for decades. There is a huge economic, social and health cost associated with this. At the moment, there is a debate going on whether to legalize drugs or not. And several parts of the world have legalized marijuana. The long-term impact of that has yet to be seen. One question that nobody seems to ask is what makes the human mind prone to addiction in the first place? And if we could find the answer to that, could we prevent addiction from occurring or make it more easy to manage? No one in their right mind would consume a bottle of a substance which said poison on the front, but yet we seem to take alcohol and drugs knowing that they are toxic to our health without thinking. Why is that? To find out, perhaps we need to go deeper and explore some unconscious processes of thinking that operate in the background and are probably responsible for the drug, drug epidemic worldwide. Understanding them may offer new solutions for prevention and treatment that are rooted in education. The first of these is conditioning. Conditioning is quite simple. It's just all our experiences from childhood are stored in our memory. All our experiences, our parents, the culture we grow up in, social media, television, radio, and all of that. Now, usually, we're not aware that we are conditioned, but we become attached to our conditioning and it influences everything, our opinions, our beliefs, and our behavior and our aspirations. You may be born on this side of the street in Belfast and you become a Catholic. You're born on the other side and you become a Protestant. You may grow up hating each other and not even question why. Or I may read one newspaper and think Brexit is a great idea. You may read a different newspaper and think it's a terrible idea. When we meet, we don't say this newspaper said this and the other one said that. We think that's our opinion and we try to convince each other and conflict follows. Similarly, if we grow up in an environment where drug taking is commonplace, and those taking drugs seem to be having a good time. Unconsciously, we become conditioned to thinking it's not a bad idea and I'd like some of that, please, too. We also have a need to fit in and to be part of a group because we don't like being alone. And that draws us more easily into groups of people that are taking drugs. Of course, those selling drugs understand all this and use ever more sophisticated techniques to sell them to us. 
If any further evidence of conditioning is needed, look at the advertising industry. $550 billion a year is spent trying to convince you and me what to think and believe and buy or not to buy and who to vote for. Now, I'm not saying that all conditioning is wrong, but it happens unconsciously. And all our opinions and beliefs and aspirations come from that. If we could wake up and realize that we have been conditioned, we can then respond with intelligence. The second unconscious process of thinking that is behind addiction is the human mind's need for pleasure. This operates in the background, hidden from our own awareness. Now, we get pleasure from a number of different things, from buying things, experiences, when our sense of self or ego is boosted, and so on. Pleasure results in the release of dopamine in the brain, which gives us this short sense of high. All pleasure, however, is fleeting. And when the pleasure ends, it leaves a void. The depth of the void that we feel depends to a large extent on the extent of pleasure that we experienced. The greater the high, the greater the sense of emptiness or void that we feel. When I ask small children who I work with, what do you feel when a pleasure ends? They say, we feel bored, empty, lost, and sad. I then ask them, what do, they, what do they need to do once the pleasure ends, once they feel this boredom or this sense of void? And they say they need to repeat the pleasure. As you repeat the pleasure, you find the same source of pleasure doesn't provide the same stimulation or kick that it once did. And then when I ask the children, how do they respond to that? They say they need a bigger toy, a better holiday, we need a better phone, and so on. The same applies to drugs. Drugs provide a very high release of dopamine in the brain. And when the pleasure ends, it creates a void which needs to be filled by taking more drugs, but this time we need to take a little bit more to get the same kick and that's how we gradually become addicted. Our need for pleasure also makes us lose our ability to think clearly. So if you tell somebody who's drinking a lot of alcohol or taking drugs to stop taking it, they will give you a number of reasons why they should carry on doing exactly what they were. Or they can say that we are in control and we are on top of it, we know when to stop and so on. They'll provide a number of arguments why they should continue with the status quo. All this is part of the nature of pleasure and common to all of us human beings. Linked also to this need for pleasure is the difficulty we find being alone. We have a constant need to be occupied. Why is that? Why are we unhappy or unable to be quiet and still in one place and be at peace with ourselves. This restlessness that we have, and this is again common to all human beings, drives the human need for pleasure in the first place. And for a man who has everything, drugs provide the ultimate source of pleasure that almost 
nothing else can match. Too much pleasure, of course, ends up dulling the mind, and in the case of drugs, ends up damaging the mind. The third unconscious process of thinking that is behind addiction is how we respond to stress. National surveys have shown that between 70 and 80% of people report being severely or moderately stressed. Now, stress is like a fire in the brain, and the causes of it are many. But like all fires, our first instinct is to escape. If we are in a relationship that is stressful, we want to leave that relationship. Or if we are in a job that's stressful, we want to leave that job. But if there is no escape possible, then what does the human mind do? Well, escape through pleasure is an easy one, and the world offers many pleasures for us to escape with. One of them is drugs. Drugs seem to provide an easy option to escape from the stress we feel. And for a short time, while we're taking those drugs, our brain is numbed and we don't feel the psychological pain that we do without them. We're unable to resolve the problem that we face and therefore drugs are an easy outlet. I have enormous sympathy and empathy for those who are suffering. And we're not at all saying that drug taking is bad or good. We're just trying to explore here the way the human mind works and try and understand and find out if this understanding can help us avoid the downward spiral of drug addiction. Because throughout our education, we have not been taught about stress or the nature of it and how we can deal with it with intelligence when a severe psychological pain grips our thinking. Our first instinct is to escape and drugs provide an easy escape route. Now, the same could be true for alcohol addiction or gambling addiction or any other addiction that you can think of. But drug addiction is particularly unique because the dopamine release that comes from taking heroin and cocaine is so much higher than almost any other pleasure that we can think of. It is important to make it very clear that all these patterns of thinking that we're talking about, conditioning, pleasure, and the nature of stress, are not right or wrong. They're just a fact of being human and need to be explored and understood. At the moment, they operate in the background unconsciously, affecting our behavior and our thinking. And if we can make the unconscious conscious, we can respond with intelligence. It's a bit like walking into a room which is completely pitch black. And if you do that, you'll bump into all the furniture. This understanding is like putting the light on so you can navigate life with intelligence. So what is the answer? Well, we at least know what doesn't work. Telling people not to take drugs or alcohol or telling them it's dangerous to do so doesn't work. If it worked, we wouldn't have the problem that we have today. Trying to limit the supply of cocaine and heroin doesn't work either. Because if there's a demand, there'll always be some way of meeting that. 
We never ask ourselves, how can we eliminate the demand for drugs? And if the demand diminished, the supply of drugs and all the problems that creates would go away. Throwing people in prison for taking drugs doesn't work either. The internal mechanisms of conditioning and the need for pleasure in our response to stress are so powerful, they overcome any obstacles that we may put in their way. At the moment, they operate unconsciously. But if we can educate people and make the unconscious conscious, they can respond with intelligence. Perhaps the answer lies in education. So an understanding of ourselves and how our minds work becomes as important as science and mathematics. We could then explore these topics such as conditioning, the nature of pleasure and stress, and how we can respond to life's challenges with intelligence with young people. This is not a pipe dream. I already work with children of all ages in schools, colleges and universities, and they have an innate intelligence and wisdom that just needs to be awakened by sitting down and exploring these subjects with them. You can see my conversations with them on our YouTube channel, which is Human Inquiry. I think young people equipped with this understanding will be able to avoid the perils of drug addiction and all the chaos that follows. This podcast has come to you from the Human Wisdom Project. The Human Wisdom app has 59 modules that guide a user in a step-by-step manner to discover their own wisdom, which can be life-changing. To find out more, please visit our website, humanwisdom.me. Thank you so much for listening.